you never expected it to be like this now getting rich i swear every day we live yeah. Yeah. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome back to uh, week 8 of Drew's Views. Uh, sorry about the delay, I had to record a completely different intro this week because it didn't want to work for whatever reason, but uh, thanks Anchor, we got it figured out, we're ready to go. Um, as this song's saying, every day we're lit, me and Logan's lit, me and Caleb are lit, we're all lit, we're playing, uh, we're playing some smile, we're getting it in tonight. So uh, I'm going to go ahead, jump in with Logan, uh, hope you guys enjoy the podcast this week. Yo, what's bracken, bud? You can finally hear me. Oh yeah, I just took it. Just took a little bit, but it's Modelo time now. <laughs> it's Modelo time, fool. Oh, yeah. We need that's who we need. We need Antonio to to uh, give us a little. A little intro every week. <laughs> nah, you don't want that, but we'll see about it. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and uh, go over last week's games. Um, neither of us got our underdog picks right. I don't know if I'm ever going to get one right. Um, in the intro, I went ahead and apologized to the University of West Virginia for picking against them. And um, I, I issued that um, Clay Travis definitely needs to apologize to me for always talking me into for these underdog picks and – uh, for Baylor, for really, for me picking them to win because it, it was really just putting them in a bad spot because uh, I guess they knew that they weren't going to win. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a pretty bad pick, and I told you that to begin with, but it's whatever. It's whatever, fool. So uh, the games last week, uh, obviously, both of us missed underdog picks. Like I said, uh, number eight Michigan, seven point favorite over Michigan State. It was a, uh, it was a. <laughs> A dominant game by Michigan. Michigan pretty much controlled the game throughout. I think Michigan State had what ninety five total yards the entire game. So it was uh, under. 100. Do what? I said it was definitely under a hundred. Yeah, it was. A, it wasn't even the least that they'd had uh, within the last ten years. It's actually the third least, which is pretty impressive. But um, like I said, Michigan wins that game. Uh, moves up to what number five in the nation, right? Yep. In Texas six. Um, the only team that Texas has lost to so far, uh, Maryland against Iowa. We both picked Iowa. Um, Iowa pretty much controlled that game. Uh, NC State traveled to Clemson. Uh, wasn't even close. Clemson, Clemson dog stomped them again, or dog stomped them this week. Um, and Clemson usually struggles with NC State for whatever reason. So that was a good win for for Dabo and uh, Trevor Lawrence. Actually played pretty good last week. Uh, Colorado at Washington. Um, I rode with the Huskies. You went with the Buffs. Um, Washington pulled out the win. Uh, it ended up being a pretty close game there towards the end, but um, like I said, Washington did manage to pull that out. Mississippi State at LSU, a pretty ugly game like we kind of figured it would be. Um, uh, Fitzgerald actually got benched. Um, probably one of probably one of the worst. I don't know, him and Khalil Tate's kind of compete, but Khalil Tate's uh, picking it up, but worst drop, one of the worst drop-offs I've seen in a long time. Um, I think Mississippi State's actually going with a different quarterback this week. Joe Burrow was always through for 50, right at 50%. Uh, LSU got the win at home. Um, number 12, Oregon at Wazoo. Uh, you picked Wazoo, I picked Oregon. Uh, Oregon started making a comeback there late, but uh, Washington State picked up the win at home. Uh, four college game day, 
And then Vandy at Kentucky, probably one of the ugliest football games I've ever watched. But um, hmm. Kentucky rough. completed three passes for 18 yards and still managed to get the victory. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what Kentucky's going to do at quarterback. And um, at least yeah. they figured it out that they didn't have to try to have a different identity this week. They actually just gave it to Benny Snell a million times. What was you going to say? Just, I mean, they might as well just put Benny Benny Snow at quarterback. So, um, Stoop said this week they're going with three quarterbacks. They're going with all three quarterbacks. So they got we'll see some of Terry, some of uh, Hoke, and then whatever the third stringer's name is. He's a lefty though, so I don't know how how good the throwing in the third string as a lefty is going to go. But I mean, it's Stoop, so we'll see. And then USC at Utah. Uh, Utah destroyed them. Uh, USC lost um, JT Daniels. Um, during that game with a concussion, and then actually lost the backup too with what bruised or broken ribs. I think he broke some ribs. Yeah, I think like three ribs. So um, it's going to be a tough week for USC. They're actually a favorite again this week somehow, and that's your underdog pick, right, USC? Oh yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take those four points with the third string quarterback <laughs> for the Trojans who can't run the ball at all. So yeah, it's it's a tough time to be a USC Trojan, but I mean, ah, screw them. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of us really care for USC. So um, I'm going to go into my player of the week first, um, DJ Knox from Purdue. 16 carries, 128 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, and they really pretty much handled the game and scored 28 in the fourth quarter to to beat um, Ohio State at home. A big win for Purdue. Um, and, I mean, really, Purdue's probably the best 4-3 and three team in the nation. Um, their record's kind of kind of misleading. But, yeah, my player of the week is DJ Knox. Like I said, 16 carries, 128, and three touchdowns. Yeah, my uh, player of the week this week is Gardner Minshew, the quarterback for Wazoo or Washington State, whichever one you want to call him. Um, you know, I, I said it when I picked him that they were going to air raid it, and, you know, I was going to believe that they were going to be able to throw the ball uh, against that Oregon defense. And he went 39 to 51 <laughs> for 323 and had four touchdowns. So, um, you know, I, I put faith in Washington State to win, and I, I put faith in that air raid, and he definitely delivered with that. And he was slinging the ball left and right all over the Ducks. So, definitely my player of the week. And my team of the week is right back to Purdue. Uh, Purdue beat Ohio State, like I said, 49-20. to 20, Scored 28 in the fourth quarter. Uh, the game wasn't really – I mean, it was close, but it really wasn't. Uh, Purdue finished with 539 total yards, uh, 378 in the air. Uh, led by their quarterback, and then uh, there was freshman receiver Rondell Moore, who's probably one of the most impressive freshmen, especially this year, and one of the most impressive freshmen that I've seen in a while, um, especially in the Big Ten. And uh, like I said earlier, Purdue's really just uh, probably the best, I mean, easily the best 4-3 and three team in the country. But, I mean, they've looked good all year. Uh, I think they – I don't remember if they won the – I think they threw – I don't remember if they won against Northwestern or not, but um, – that no, was got that. That's one that – Dummy that plays for Purdue got that, that yeah. penalty called on him to throw the game. Yeah. Yeah, so um, they threw that, and then um, I think they lost to, they lost to Eastern Michigan and, um, and Mizzou. So uh, Purdue's finally starting to get going. I thought they were going to be a pretty decent team to start the year off. Um, if DJ Knox can run the ball like that and run down more, and their quarterback's actually finally starting to pick up the pace. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but like I said, my team of the week is Purdue. Uh, my team of the week is Michigan, um, not necessarily all because of the game last week, just their game, but just because of the Big Ten race. Now, uh, we were talking about how they kind of, you know, they dominated um, their little brother, Michigan State, uh, and that defense really, you know, kind of showed that they have a lot of NFL talent, 
uh, for that Wolverine defense. But uh, the team, you know, why I kind of have them as a team of the week, I mean, if you keep winning these games out, and especially with Ohio State dropping that game, uh, I'm sure as a lot of people have been hearing from, you know, whichever sports channel you've been watching. I mean, a lot of people have Michigan as a favorite uh, to win the Big Ten now, and I'm kind of uh, I'm feeling that way as well. You know, their only loss is, of course, to Notre Dame in the week in week one uh, at Notre Dame. But Michigan, they're, they're really starting to pick up the pace. Uh, their defense is easily uh, one of the best in the country. And then, of course, you know, their offense was kind of the one that was uh, had a couple question marks, but they're finally starting to get it going on offense and starting to look like a an elite uh, hardball team. So, that's why I have them as my team of the week. Uh, the game against Michigan State's a rivalry game, and they, you know, they had all those antics before the game, and all that stuff goes on, and then they went out there and physically dominated them at Michigan State. So it was super impressive. Yeah, I agree. Um, Michigan, like I said, uh, he John or John, whichever Harbaugh it is, has finally got. Uh, yeah. Has finally, I always call him John Harbaugh. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's finally got uh, Shea Patterson playing the way he wants to, and he's got the offense playing the way he wants to. Um, man, they they absolutely run the ball like it's it's unreal how well they actually run the football, and they actually have some receivers finally stepping up. Uh, People's Jones was hard to guard for Miss from um, Michigan State, so um, their defense is always going to be legit. It's just it's just up to their offense on how far they can go. Um, a lot of teams in front of them have tough games to go, so. We'll see uh, where Michigan's at, um, especially heading into the Big Ten Championship if they make it, obviously. But um, it's definitely going to be something to watch with, with Coach Harbaugh. And um, we're going to go into the uh, weekly Q&A, the questions of the week. Um, the first question, uh, I'll go ahead and answer it first. Which is more surprising, Kentucky's success or Georgia's fall off? I don't know if you can really say that Georgia fell off. They have one loss, and that's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's the LSU. But um, and I don't know how success, successful Kentucky's been. I mean, in comparison to other Kentucky years, obviously it's a successful season. But I mean, they're super talented. Um, I would definitely say Kentucky's success or or luck or whatever you want to call it is definitely more impressive, um, or more surprising. Um, they finally, I mean, Kentucky's only loss is an overtime loss at Texas A&M when they could have won the game if they had just handed the ball to Benny Snell. But um, I don't. I don't think Georgia's really fallen off at all. They can still win the East. Um, I mean, there's there's a bunch of teams with a chance to win the East. But like I said, I don't think Georgia's fallen off. But Kentucky's success is definitely more surprising. Uh, surprising is more surprising is probably Kentucky. Um, you know, we both kind of thought that Kentucky would have a good year, especially when they started picking up these wins. Um, and you can't really say that Georgia's fallen off. I mean, they're they're coming off a bye week, and then uh, the only loss they have is at LSU. I mean, of course they got thump, they got absolutely thumped, and mm-hmm. uh, you know at Tiger Stadium. But LSU, I mean, it's a tough place to play, even when they're not good. But when they're good, like they are this year, I mean, it's it's a madhouse to go down there and play. So I want I want to say. Uh, Georgia's fallen off. I don't think they're as good as they as a lot of people thought they were. But you know they lost a lot of people last year um, from that that national championship game team. So uh, I'm sure it's not a falling off. I'm sure it's just kind of you know they're not just as good as they were last year. I don't I wouldn't consider them falling off. But I think Kentucky being as high as ranked as they are and you know how long they've been in the top 25 is definitely more surprising than Georgia. Yeah. And um, I'll let you answer this one first because I'm excited for 
for your answer. Um, is Texas actually back? Hell no. No explanations. Is a hell no. No, I mean, um, you know, we'll. I, I'll. I'll tell you this. I'll say Texas is back if they win the Big Twelve this year. If they if they win the Big Twelve this year, then I'll say I'll go on on air on podcast whatever. I'll go on there and say Texas is back. But until they do that, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I mean Texas has another tough test this week. I mean Texas is back to being relevant again. Um, I don't know if they're back to being a national championship contender. Um, especially it just it really just depends on Ellinger or Ellinger whatever. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. If they beat Oklahoma twice, which they probably have to do unless West Virginia uh, pulls out the Big 12, but if they beat either of those teams and win the Big 12 and make the playoffs, and I think, I mean, honestly, they're back, and I'm I'm right there with you with that. Um, this this next question is kind of uh, I don't know what the what the conditional I guess would be the thing. Um, if JG can't go, or if they go without uh, Jared Gontano this week. How will UT fare without him? Um, I mean, obviously, Tennessee played pretty well without him. Uh, actually, probably better without him against Alabama. Um, it's kind of – I don't know. It's going to be – if JG plays, I think it's better off for the team in the long run. But, I mean, if Keller Chris plays, I think it's – I don't know if it's better for the team, but it, it, they'll still be okay because uh, Keller Chris has played in a lot of tough – a lot of tough environments. And going to South Carolina at night is really underrated. Um, and it's obviously a super super tough place to play. So I don't know if Tennessee will fare worse or better. I think it'll be about the same. But I think in the long run, it's better if JG plays because his health is okay. His his ribs are okay. So um, like I said, in the long run, it's going to be better if Tennessee plays JG this game. But I definitely get if they go with Chris. Yeah, I don't I don't think this that game is really going to be decided of who's playing quarterback for Tennessee. Uh, obviously, you kind of want your your first quarterback to play. You don't really ever want your backup to play unless it's absolutely necessary. So, I wouldn't be surprised if JG, um, you know, starts the game for Tennessee. I think he is going to be okay, like you said, and I think his ribs are all right. Um, but I would definitely rather have uh, JG. You know, he's been the man for you all year so far, so there's no reason for, you know, uh, to throw Chris out there unless it's absolutely necessary, even though he's not – I'm not saying that he's a bad quarterback, but you always want to go with who you've been sticking with in the beginning. So I would rather have JG out there than Keller Chris. Yeah. I mean, just to touch on it a little bit, I think whoever wins this game is going to be because they're quarterback. And both teams are kind of in the same are in the same boat. Um, Jake Bentley hasn't played the best. He's not really solidified his spot like JG has. Um, but Skarnakia came in for uh, South Carolina and really played well. And um, it was even going around that the receivers were purposely dropping balls for, for when Bentley came back so that Skarnacki would get to play. So, I don't know. People kind of forget that J.G. was the player of the week two weeks ago at Auburn. I mean, he played against Alabama and had no blocking. But J.G. does need to get better at um, either sliding the protection or realizing that there is a blitz or he's really – I don't know how long, much longer he'll be able to play quarterback because he's not going to be – his brain's not going to be fun. He's not going to be alive, yeah. Yeah, uh, so next question is, how will UK's defense, uh, number two, uh, second-best scoring defense in the NCAA do against Missouri? Uh, I think I think Kentucky's defense will play what I think – I mean, they've been playing at a high level all year. We've talked about it plenty of times on here. 
Um, I've been high on Kentucky's defense all year. So I think they'll play good against uh, Missouri and Drew Locke. I think they'll probably win the turnover battle this week, which is probably going to be, you know, kind of another key contributor of them winning this game against Missouri. Uh, So I think, I think, I think they still play at the same level. I think that by now people, you kind of got to realize that Kentucky has one of the best defenses in the country. Um, you know, they're not an elite defense, but they're definitely in the top 25, uh, especially when it comes to scoring. They they win the turnover battle a lot, and that's what really helps them, especially, uh, you know, when you can't move the ball on offense and you can only throw it 17 yards a game. I mean, obviously your defense has got to do something, and then you just got to ride the backpack of Benny Snell as well. So I think they're going to have another big game against Drew Locke in Missouri to help win uh, that game this weekend. Yeah, and I mean, Missouri's offense hasn't been what it usually is. Uh, they're missing their best receiver, Drew Locke, a.k.a. Matty Mock. <laughs> has, has, uh, hasn't been hasn't played that well. Obviously, he played good in the last game. Uh, their offense finally caught stride against, against the, I mean, a decent Memphis team. Um, I think their defense plays good again. Like you said, I think they win the turnover battle. It's going to be it's gonna be tough, though, if, if Kentucky's defense doesn't show up. Because, I mean, if Kentucky doesn't hold a team under 21, it's going to be really hard for them to win. And it's going to be hard to hold um, hold Drew Locke and the and the Missouri Tigers under twenty one. So this is kind of an interesting game. It's kind of a trap game uh, before the Georgia game. So Kentucky definitely needs to come with their A game, um, and their defense is definitely going to have to win in the game and kind of keep them. Because I mean, obviously they've been the equalizer for them all year, but I mean, Josh Allen's one of the best players in the nation, and he's super underrated. Um, but it's it's completely on Kentucky's defense. I think they'll I think they'll do okay. But, like I said, Kentucky, they're going to have to hold Missouri under 20, 21 points to be able to win this game. All right, Ed, uh, here's a good question for you. Will UCF make the playoffs if they go undefeated again? Hell no. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I didn't even think – I was thinking before tonight, obviously, when Georgia Southern smacked App State. I thought App State was more deserving of the, of the at-large bid. But um, UCF's – um, opponent's record is sixteen and thirty-eight overall, uh, which yeah. is one of the which is one of the worst. I think it is the worst for the top twenty-five teams. So, I mean, UCS they're good. Um, Mackenzie Milton's a good quarterback, but I mean, they, they don't deserve to be in the playoff unless it, unless it's a twelve-team playoff. I don't think they deserves unless it's just a dominant group of five team. I don't think a group of five team deserves to be in the playoffs. Yeah, they, I mean, they live on Cupcake Avenue, so I'm not worried about UCF getting in the uh, in the playoffs. It would have to. I mean, it would have to be catastrophic for, you know, basically the top, well, what is it, nine or eight teams ahead of them for them to get in the playoffs. So, I, yeah. I don't think I don't think the committee with how they have it set up with the four teams getting in, I don't think UCF will get in. I do think if they go undefeated, they will play at a big bowl game like they did last year, um, which is still a major win for uh, that program, especially when you're not even a Power 5 school. But – for them to get in the playoffs, it's kind of, even if they go undefeated. I mean, who could you name me? The could you name me more than four of the teams that they played all year? You probably couldn't because I couldn't off the top of my head. So um, I don't, I don't see them getting in the playoffs really. Yeah, and um, so speaking of cupcake, cupcake lane or street or whatever you called it, uh, with the loss at Purdue, do you think Ohio State still makes the playoffs? Um. They'll have to – They'll. I mean, they have to win the Big Ten, obviously. Um, I really think from the way it's looking, 
I just this is just what I've been thinking. You know, we kind of talked about this, but I think, I think if if Michigan wins the Big Ten, I think they'll probably get in. Just because if they do, I think their only loss will be to Notre Dame, and as of right now, Notre Dame's probably going to go undefeated and be in the playoffs. But it, I mean, it, if you put Ohio State in that same situation with them winning the Big Ten and you know the, the only losses to Purdue, I think that's. I mean, it's it's still awful rough to put them in, especially if, you know, Oklahoma and, you know, even Texas or any of those other teams that are ahead of Ohio State right now kind of keep the same pace. So I think with that loss to Purdue, it's definitely going to be an uphill battle. And I think um, Ohio State definitely does not control their own destiny anymore. Uh, they would have to win the Big Ten and then also get some help from some other teams knocking off uh, some of the other top ten teams in the country. Yeah, and sorry, uh, you just kind of busted in my in my room here and started going crazy. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Ohio State's kind of rooting for Purdue to finish the season strong, um, and but I mean, Ohio State has to beat Michigan. I mean, they obviously have the last couple of years, so that's not the biggest deal for them. But um, Ohio State's not control, like you said, not control, not control their own destiny this year. So, I mean, it's kind of a wake up call for. Um, Haskins and for um, Ohio State, they gotta they gotta fix the defense, man. The offense isn't the issue. Obviously, Haskins is probably the, the top two best players in the nation. So, um, I don't think they make the playoffs as of right now. That'll obviously change at some point. Um, I can give you a more definite answer, but right now, I don't think they make the playoffs. And uh, part two of that question is, uh, do we do we still think that Haskins will win the Heisman? Um, I mean, Haskins didn't hurt his Heisman. It didn't hurt his Heisman's odds that game. He threw the ball 62 times or 72 times um, and played pretty well. I mean, he didn't he didn't really turn over the ball until the end of the game. So, um, no, I, I don't know if Haskins will win, but I think he's still, um, like I said, top two favorite to win the Heisman. Yeah, I mean, he – it's been pretty obvious that Ohio – I mean, they got – I mean, they got exposed by Purdue, but it's kind of been uh, an underlining thing all season is that – Ohio State's defense not that good, especially with Baby Bosa leaving. That just makes it even worse. And then they just yeah. – they're a lot like uh, – they're a lot like the Indianapolis Colts. They're just not – they just don't have a run game, so they're just going to put it all on the shoulder of Haskins, uh, kind of like the Colts do with Andrew Luck. So, um, I don't – I mean, it's – I, I've been kind of torn on this all year. Um, you know, until Tua – you know, gets to play the meat of the schedule that Alabama's getting ready to play right now, I think that will kind of decide if he – I think if he plays good against that game against LSU and that good against that game against Auburn, then I think two is probably going to be the definite favorite in the Heisman race. Um, but still, I mean, Haskins, Haskins and Kyler Murray from Oklahoma are still right there. I mean, it's really a toss-up for right now. I think, I think a definite Heisman, you know, front-runner will be decided here with about uh, – two or three weeks and then I could definitely give you an answer but I think Haskins does I mean I would put it about 50 50 right now between him and Tua so yeah I mean I'm right there with you um so that wraps that up in in the weekly QA um so we're gonna go ahead and go over the underdog picks of this week and I just wish I didn't know that Baylor got smacked but anyways I picked Baylor uh, 13 (laughs) 13 and a half underdog at West Virginia I don't even know the score. It was like forty-five to twelve last time I looked at it. So, um, here was here was my explanation. Um, Baylor is so I was right here. Baylor isn't a good football team, 
And West Virginia, dude, my reasoning, I should just talk myself out of, out of it during my reason. This is exactly what I said. Baylor isn't a bad football team. Baylor is a bad football team, and West Virginia's coming off a bye week. But I think Baylor will win, and I think it'll be close. I don't, But I don't think Baylor will win, but it will be close. Well, I was right about them not winning, but it wasn't close. And I was right about them not being a good football team. So, I mean, I was right about everything except for picking. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that you got right was – West Virginia coming off the bye week, so. Oh, yeah. Um, my my underdog pick is uh, Arizona State. Playing, they're playing the USC Trojans like we were talking about earlier. Uh, USC is down to their third-string quarterback. Uh, JT Daniels is out with a concussion. And then the backup, I don't even know his name for the Trojans, but he's out with a couple – uh, bruised or broken ribs, whichever one, but he's out as well. So they're down to their – so they were starting a freshman, and then they they put the backup in, and now they're starting the third-string quarterback uh, against Arizona State, who has already pulled off an upset win earlier this year against Michigan State when Michigan State choked that game, and that still kind of upsets me, but whatever. Um, so I think the uh, the spread for the that USC game, uh, it actually comes on – I think it's – I think it gets played Friday night. I think it's a Friday night game. It but the USC uh, spread for the Arizona State, USC is a four-point favorite. Um, I think Arizona State covers that game, and I think they win the game just because USC uh, has absolutely no running game. They're one of the worst teams in the country when it comes to running the ball. And when I say worst, I mean like a hundred and. 15 or something crazy like that in the country so they have no running game and especially when you're, you're down to your third string quarterback um it's definitely you know tough times in the neighborhood so i think arizona state will come out there and leave it all in the grass and O'Hearn will get the win against the trojans yeah and i just want to know uh i didn't notice this at the very bottom i put some stars beside of it uh, for my baylor pick i said but based on how i've been picking lately I'm sorry, Bailey. So I knew it was coming. It was a pre- it was a preconceived notion that you pick Bailey these was... you pick these terrible Big Twelve games for no reason. You picking Kansas? Uh, can't, hey, you don't, you don't pick anything Kansas unless it's got something to do with basketball, and that's still iffy. So, all right, so we're gonna go ahead and just forget my pick for this week for this week's <laughs> underdog. Throwing the tub. Um, maybe since it was a Thursday game, and I I didn't know it was a Thursday game, I should get a pick again. So. Uh, anyway, we're going to go ahead to this week's game. Uh, first game we got is a huge game, uh, especially for SEC's implications. Uh, number nine, Florida, versus number seven, Georgia. This game is played in Jacksonville, obviously. The world's largest cocktail party. And that was you that didn't know that, ain't it? No, I didn't know that. But they're having rough and rowdy there tomorrow night, so. <laughs> so Almost, it'll, dude. It'll be a- oh, yeah, I see next. It, dude, that, that would be the biggest hicks in the world. Just beating the crap out of each other. But anyways, um, I'm going Georgia. This is one of the biggest SEC. This is one of the biggest games for the SEC East, like I said. And whoever wins pretty much controls their own destiny heading into the final stretch. Um, if Florida wins, they need Georgia to beat Kentucky, obviously, because Kentucky holds the tiebreaker. Or they need Kentucky to drop another game. And if Georgia wins, all they got to do is beat the Kitties. So, um, I believe whichever quarterback plays better will win. Um, it's, it's between Fromm and uh, whatever – whatever Bummy's name is. Uh, <laughs> if, if Georgia wins, like I said, 
Um, I believe that uh, it's all on uh, whichever quarterback. Both teams will be able to run the ball, and both teams will control the game on defense. But um, I really think it's more on – I believe more in Fromm than I do in Franks. So uh, this is the biggest matchup of the rivalry. I think since 2006 was the last time they were both ranked whenever they played. So I'm excited for it, but Kirby and the boys get the win by three in Jacksonville. Yeah, I also got the dogs uh, beating Florida. But Florida's defense, they've been playing like a group of savages since Mm -hmm. that Kentucky loss. Um, However, I think Georgia has more depth, and I think they're a deeper and uh, more talented team than Florida. Uh, Florida off, you know, Florida's offense has been the huge question mark for them all year. And really, when they've been, you know, picking up these big wins, it's because their offense has got them uh, just enough to win these games. but I think I think Georgia's defense is better. Um, I think Georgia's defense is is better, a little bit better. I think in, than the uh, LSU defense, and that's the big one that Florida had. So I think Georgia's defense kind of controls the game, and I I'm with you. I think Fromm kind of dominates, uh, and he has a better performance than Franks for Florida. So I think you know, especially them coming off the bye as well, and then getting their butts handed to them. Yeah. Uh, week before that, I think I think Georgia comes out super prepared for this game. Uh, I think they they kind of have a bad taste in their mouth, so I think they bounce back and I think they win by fourteen and have a big big old cocktail after the game. I think something that's going to be interesting to watch and something that may be the difference in the game is if Georgia can block Florida's defensive line. Uh, Florida's defensive line has dominated obviously all year, but Georgia's def- offensive line hasn't looked good at all. Uh, Tennessee had a had multiple sacks against them. Um, LSU really dominated the game against Georgia, so uh, against their offensive line. So we'll see. Um, next game is going to be another good game. Eighteen Iowa at uh, number seventeen Penn State. Penn State's a six and a half favorite. Um, I'm super passive picking Penn State. That's what I'm picking, obviously. But I mean, I can't help but do it. I don't. I don't trust Iowa. Um, Iowa's tough. Um, I mean. And they have a they have they have a serious quarterback this year um, in Stanley, but I mean McSorley's obviously the better quarterback, and he's he's had a super underrated season. People haven't really been paying attention to his stats. I think I think McSorley would be probably the fifth the fifth player in my Heisman if I if I was voting in the Heisman. McSorley would be fifth right now, um, and I think he'll be the reason they win, but it'll be a close one. Uh, I'm going with Iowa this game, even though I, I'm like I'm with you. I don't like picking the king of the cupcakes uh, and the Hawkeyes, but um, it's only going to get worse for Penn State, especially after James Franklin gave that big, you know, heartfelt speech he gave after the Ohio State game, saying they're going to be an elite program. So I think they I think they drop another game. Uh, I think Iowa, you know, Iowa does have a legit tough defense. And outside of McSorley, I mean, Penn State doesn't have too many big playmakers uh, on the outside, and they they don't run. The, I mean, they run the ball well enough to win um, some of the games that they've won this year, but I, they don't run the ball at a high level. Of course, obviously not at the Saquon Barkley level. Um, yeah. So I think I think this is a super hard fought, tough game, and I think Iowa's defense really is what kind of uh, pushes them over the edge, and I think they win by seven. Yeah, I mean, if this is going to be a low-scoring uh, dogfight, Iowa's going to win. But I think that uh, Penn State will be able to try, kind of stretch it out enough to where they'll win. But, I mean, like I said, I just don't trust them. Uh, next game is 21 USF, uh, University of South Florida at Houston. Houston's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at home, and I'm taking them. I mean, um, I've watched South Florida play last week, and I was really just unimpressed. 
uh, Blake Barnett, the Bama transfer, uh, heading the offense, and Cronkright uh, is uh, having a really good season for USF. Already has 860 yards, um, which is I think 200 or 20 less than um, than Benny Snell. But um, King for the Cougars is really having uh, really taking strides and really controlling the offense. Houston's averaging almost uh, 50 points per game, 48.7 to be exact, and 555 yards per game. Um, I think they run. I think they run South Florida out of the stadium. I think they win big. Yeah, I also have uh, Houston win this game. I think you know you said it best. They they've been absolutely explosive on the offensive end. They've just been putting a ton of points on the board against you know everybody they played, uh, and especially they play super good at home too. So mm-hmm. that's another knock on USF. But I think I'm, I'm with you. I think I think Houston's offense really comes out and puts points on the board in a hurry. Uh, and I think they end up winning by two scores. Next game we got is uh, my boy Mike Leach and Wazoo at number twenty-four Stanford. Stanford, I think this, I think the spread has moved down to two, um, but Stanford, as of uh, earlier today, is a three-point favorite. Um, I'm going, I'm going Washington State. I said it last week. I love Mike Leach. Um, he always has super statistical offenses, and they always run crazy formations. Man, they always run that swing gate. They don't even snap it right. They sling it all the way to the side and then run it back towards the center. So, um, Bryce Love has been super underwhelming. I know he's been injured and he's well, he's missed games for personal reasons. But um, their de- Sanford's defense isn't much better, and Washington State is a is not a good team to be playing if your defense is struggling. So, I think the Cardinals will have to really do their best to not get blown out at home. And uh, like you, your player of the week this week, you got to watch out for Minshew, who already has twenty three touchdowns and twenty seven. 100 yards this season so i'm going wazoo um it's like i said sanford's gonna have to do their absolute best and not get destroyed yeah i'm also going uh back to back with the cougars uh i think the cougars you know i said it last week and i said it this week i trust that air raid for uh washington state then i'll take that again against this uh struggling stanford team uh, you, you know, Stanford's defense has been struggling. They can't really run the ball on offense, and, and they especially can't throw the ball on offense as well. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, Stanford's been kind of mediocre at best all season, and Washington's coming in this game super hot, um, and they're trying to make a run for the for the Pac-12. So that, it's, not a good, it's not a good game if you're Stanford. If you're coming in kind of struggling and you're playing this super hot team in Washington State, so I think I think Washington State they do the same thing that uh, Houston's going to do to UCF. I think they're just going to start putting points on the board in a hurry. And Stanford's not a team that's built to come from behind, uh, yeah. or especially not a team that's built to win out in shootouts. So I think I think Washington State puts a lot of points on the board, and I think this is a pretty big uh, you know week for the quarterback for Washington State again. So I think they win pretty easy as well. Yeah, the next game is going to be. Um... Uh, it's a big game for both teams. Uh, Tennessee at South Carolina. South Carolina's eight-point favorite. It's tough for me, man. It's really hard to judge Tennessee uh, so far because they've either played teams that are way below their talent level with UTEP and ET, ETSU or uh, teams that are way above their talent level with Alabama and West Virginia. Um, I think South Carolina's a good matchup for Tennessee, uh, but I don't know how, how Tennessee's going to respond to the crowd with having players that are uh, – that are unexperienced or players that have had experience. And um, it really just didn't matter because they were being coached by Bush Jones. But um, they already have a win in a tough environment. Tennessee does at Jordan-Hare. 
and um, they just we just found out the news about Trey Smith. So I think they'll I think they'll play inspired, and I think they'll pull it off here. I don't know how by how much, but um, I think Tennessee pulls it off and um, takes another step into becoming bowl eligible this season. Yeah, I had a feeling you'd say that, so I'm just going to say not so fast, my friend. Uh, I got – you know, this is a big toss-up game, though. It really is because both of these teams on paper, um, you know, they're pretty equally matched. I mean, Tennessee is obviously in a down year this year, but South Carolina is kind of in one too. Um, but, I, you know, I think South Carolina will finally get the win at home that they've been needing all year. Uh, and they've been kind of, you know, struggling for to get – get a big uh, SEC win at home. So I think they finally pull it off against Tennessee. I just don't think that Tennessee has enough talent. And especially when you lose your best lineman, <laughs> uh, that's not good news when you play in the SEC because most teams have a you know pretty legit front seven. So uh, I don't – especially with JG and Keller Chris, that whole situation, it's kind of hard to tell what they're going to do offensively. Um, because Tennessee doesn't do anything great offensively, but neither does South Carolina. But I think yeah. South Carolina has uh, more playmakers on offense, and I think their defense is uh, really about the same as Tennessee. So, but I think I think Muschamp and um, the Gamecocks get a get a solid win at home, especially when they're playing at night. You know how it gets over there. Um, yeah. So I think the Gamecocks pull this game off uh, by seven. Yeah, Muschamp has never lost to Tennessee. I think he's six and zero against them. So he said uh, that he said the key to beating Tennessee so many times is score more points than them. So um, I mean, if that's your motto, you're always going to be right. So <laughs> uh, next game is Miami, a three and a half point favorite at Boston College. Um, I don't know who to trust anymore, or I don't know who I trust more is uh, Anthony Brown, quarterback, at Boston College, or Malik Rozier for Miami. I can't believe Miami's sticking with Rozier after uh, after the backup Perry had some had some success before getting rebenched uh, last week in favor of Rozier. So um, AJ Dillon still isn't back, but the run game's been picking up since he's since he's been out. He still isn't. Can you believe he still isn't back since he since he missed whenever I picked him forever ago? No, I thought he was coming back. I seen. Where, I thought I read today that he wasn't, but let me check again. Yeah, but um, I think he's coming back. I mean, it doesn't matter because I'm picking Boston College anyways. Uh, <laughs> Miami has a stout front, and I think, but I think Boston College takes the win at home. Yeah, I, uh, I also have Boston College winning this game. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna tell you, I said it's okay to pick Boston College this time since you know Dylan's at least gonna, at least gonna be there um, to play the game, and I think he is. But even if he doesn't, I, I don't think it really matters. Miami has, I mean, when they've played actual competition you know they kind of had some success and got back in the top 25 a couple weeks ago but uh, they were kind of playing the easier part of their ACC schedule Um, I I don't think I don't think Miami's good this year uh, especially with that bum quarterback Rozier that they uh, just love putting in apparently I mean I don't know parents been paying money to the boosters or something I don't know they keep putting them back in there but uh, he's been playing terrible. I think Boston College at home, I think, and it's going to be on national TV as well. So I think Boston College is kind of hyped up for this game. This is probably, you know, their best chance to kind of show out on national television, and especially if A.J. Dillon plays, he's going to try to show out um, to try to, you know, boost his draft stock. So I think Boston College wins this game. Uh, I don't have any trust in the Hurricanes this year, and I think they're in a down year. So I'll, I'll go with the Golden Eagles. Yeah, and this game is on Friday night, so that'll be um, tonight if you're listening to this tomorrow. Um, 
AJ Dillon did practice and he just set the play, so that's making my pick, making me feel a little bit better about my pick. Um, so the next game is going to be, uh, sorry, it's going to be Purdue at Michigan State. Michigan State's a two and a half point favorite. Um, I'm going Purdue now that I don't know how to say his last name. Blow, Blau, Blow, something. Have you say his last name? Has found a stride for the Purdue offense. Uh, and they've caught fire, averaging more than 510 yards per game. Uh, they may have the most expressive, uh, the most explosive freshman in um, in the nation in Rondell Moore, like I said earlier. Michigan State always manages to keep games close, but I think it'll be tough for them to hang uh, with Purdue if they can't get more yardage this week. So um, I think they do keep it close, but I think Purdue wins by by three. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Michigan State just on the sole fact that it's at home and it's coming off a bad loss against Michigan. Um, this Purdue team is coming off one of the biggest wins in school history, though, and it, I don't think it was a fluke. I think they are one of the best uh, four three teams in the country, if you can yeah. even say that. But uh, I think Michigan State, they kind of come back and they bounce back this week, especially after getting their butt kicked by their older brother, uh, big brother Michigan. So I think the Spartans come back, they take care of business and win by 10 and boil her down. Yeah, and the last game is uh... – Texas is back, baby. Number six, Texas, three-and-a-half-point favorite at Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State's won three straight in the series, and they're looking to regain their foot in the Big 12. Uh, both teams are coming off a bind. Texas quarterback, like I said, Sam Ellinger, uh, his health is really in question, but uh, Texas is one of only three teams, uh, Notre Dame and LSU are the other two, to beat three ranked teams this year. Um, and Ohio State has stumbled after a 3-0 start. I really believe in this Texas team. And I think they're. Uh, I think this game is in, is extremely important to not only their uh, their playoff hopes, but in keeping their conference's playoff hopes alive. So I'm going Texas. Um, I think I think Texas covers the spread. I think they win by more than obviously three and a half. Yeah, I'm going with Texas as well. Uh, even though this is a big trap game for Texas, it's mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a tough place to play up there at at Oklahoma State against the. Uh, what do you call them, the, the fighting mullets or whatever? The fighting mullets, baby. Yeah, whatever the heck you call them. But I, I like Texas in this game. Um, they've obviously shown that they're, they got a pretty, uh, pretty all right defense. But they got, they got some serious playmakers um, on the outside at wide receiver. I mean, they got some big, big honky-tonk dudes out there um, trying to catch the football for Texas. But I, I like Texas. I think their offense is a little better than Oklahoma State. I think Texas's defense is just good enough to keep, uh, you know, that game a low-scoring game, and I think Texas wins by 14. So uh, that wraps it up for this week. Uh, this song is—it's a little surprise for you. It's inspired by uh, one of the songs that you're singing today at work. Whenever that dude threw that hissy fit, so um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, and take us out this week. We'll see you guys next week. I appreciate everybody tuning in, and um, this one is yes indeed for Logan. Alright man. The dash is busy, the schedule is busy. My head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie. My cousins are crazy, my cousins like boogie. Life is amazing, it is what it should be. Been here for ten, but I feel like a rookie. I tell a little man, if you don't put me on floor support, I'm freaking. Can't even book me. It's me and little baby going crazy. Weezy produced it, and Weezy have made me, and she had it down, so she got a Mercedes. Your money records, the army.